Welcome back to the Life Beyond the Summit Faith Journey Podcast for Men. I'm your host, Steve Crowdis, and Andrew and I are in studio for another podcast. Good afternoon, Steve. Good afternoon, Andrew. It's great to be back on the podcast. I love this part of the week. It's just great to do this. Andrew, in the last three or four sessions, we've really been focused on what it means to be all in. And you know what? We probably could spend 50, 60, or a lifetime of podcast on that topic. Because you would have to agree, there's there's no place like being all in with anything that you put your heart and effort or strength to, your might, anything. All in is a big deal. I agree. And we're trying to show the audience the value of being all in in Jesus Christ. Yeah, absolutely. And we talked, this is our fourth podcast on being all in. We talked about the scripture from the Old Testament, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. Jesus had to repeat it to um, some of the officials, the religious officials. A yeah. lawyer tried to trick them and said, what Yeah, is- in Matthew twenty two thirty seven, well, that was kind of the basis for the last right. few podcasts. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, that's right. body, soul, strength, everything that's in you, and love your neighbor, right? That's And that's directly correlated to what you just said. The lawyer said, well, what must I do, right? Correct. Yeah, and and so and so Jesus again knew the scriptures just like Moses knew the scriptures, and all these Israelites who grew up in godly families, which I assume most of them were, yeah, knew the scripture. This is the greatest of all commandments. So we've been talking about, you know, what does that look like in um, 2022, Mm -hmm. and how can you get there? And I've actually confess I sometimes feel like I'm not there. Yeah, I'm not giving God all my heart. We talked about the life of Steve Jobs. We talked about how he got the end of his life and he was lamenting of the way he he spent it. He didn't spend it inspiring people and being with people. He mm-hmm. missed Jesus. Mm-hmm. We talked about the life of Solomon. Solomon. We compared him. Yeah. To it seemed Jobs. like later in his life, after he asked the Lord, um, the Lord said, I will give you anything. What would you ask? He said, well, I'll ask for wisdom so I know how to rule these people. Mm-hmm. But he had something about that wisdom and all that wealth and all that fame he kind of lost his way, but in the end he said the true things are serving the Lord, doing his commandments, and fearing him. Mm-hmm. And we talked about if we're not loving God with all of our heart, how do we get there? So that that's kind of where we've been talking about, and we want to pick up on, I, I think that, I'm well, going to throw this out to you, Steve, tell me, tell me where you want to go with this, well, but you know, there's a scripture that says, notice how the order goes, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. Yeah. What is it? It puts the heart first. Yeah, place. it puts the heart, and I think that's deliberate. Oh, absolutely. And how come God put the heart first, and how is it that David was also a man after God's own heart? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think the beauty of, of David is that uh, he spent so much of his early youth, uh, he came from a godly family, the, the house of Jesse, um, had all these brothers, you know, we don't know the condition of all the brothers' hearts, but we know that David was singled out as a man after God's own heart. And it's interesting that the lineage of Jesus is is goes is really it, it goes back to David. I mean, and we know that David goes back to Genesis as we all do, but it's interesting that scripture really points out David. So there was obviously a very unique attribute to David regarding his heart. He spent all that time, so far as we can tell from from the word, 
as a shepherd, he spent time reflecting on both the spoken word through his father and his family and his uncles and and the, and the temple in the temple. And then he had whatever was written down. So, but he would have spent a lot of time reflecting on the spoken word, the, the written word and the transformative word. I mean, this, this was the way this young man was impacted and God uniquely touched his heart so that at the very core of who he was, you know, the Bible, there's a scripture verse that we've used before, Andrew, that says that out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. The heart is the core, the very center. And I, it, in, in a very literal way, it is the center of our anatomy, um, or close to the center. But moreover, in terms of the, the, uh, the, the total makeup of us, I think the heart that God's referring to is not a fleshly heart. It's the spirit of life that is in us at the very, very deepest core. And, you know, this term, are you all in? I mean, it's, it's not a term unfamiliar to anybody. Anybody who employs or anybody who works gainfully or anybody who puts their hand to something, we want to know that if they're a part of the team, they're all in. I mean, it's not a... And their heart is in it. And their heart is in it. If their heart isn't in it, they, they could either dilute the vision and the mission of the team or they could destroy it. I mean, I, I, I funny story, Andrew. Once Susie and I took the kids on a camping trip, and one of them, I, I, I won't name the kids here, but one of the kids was unhappy. And, you know, it polluted. Well, Steve, you're in a camping situation. Oh I think everyone gosh. can relate to that. That would be yeah. my wife. Well, that would be why. She's not a camper. In this case, it was the, the I think it was the uh, oldest of the two older boys. A nameless again, just to make the, I don't want to incriminate anybody, but that maybe gives you enough if you know my family very well. He just wasn't happy. He didn't want to be on this camping trip and it ruined it. It really ruined it for everybody. I mean, in fact, Susie said, my wife said, if you can't get your attitude straightened out, we're going home now. And I think he would have been like, yes, let's all go home. But it is, it, there is something to being all in. And I think it's interesting that David proved himself to be all in you know when when samuel the prophet comes to the family you know i i, I won't we won't read it but we'll reflect on it we could read it but we'll reflect on it you know samuel went through you know kind of looked at each of the boys they were presented by the dad and they were big boys from, from the natural they would have been any one of them could have been taller stronger good looking physical these are physical warrior in fact most of them i think if not all of them ended up in the military. You know, they, they joined the military. And um, they were, you know, by any standard, if you had a young lady that you wanted to be married off, there would have been nothing short of an excellent selection in any of these boys. But we're not talking about a selection of any ordinary person for any ordinary task. This, Andrew, this is the Lord calling out the next king of Israel, and this will be the one who spotted as the lineage through which Jesus, the ultimate Savior, our our Savior and, and, and method of salvation coming through him, is through the lineage of David. It always goes back to David. In chapter 13 of 1 Samuel um, 13, 13, it said, Samuel said to Saul, the current king, you have acted foolishly. You have not kept the commandment of the Lord your God, which he commanded you. For, so God was angry. I threw that in there. Yeah, it's Psalm. Well, for, that's now, yeah. for now, the Lord would have established your kingdom over Israel forever. Yeah. Do you know his first choice was Saul? Saul. Steve? Yeah. Saul his, was the man. That was that was God's 
best will. Let's just put it that way. His backup was David. Now, the verse 14 says, but now your kingdom shall not endure. The Lord has sought out for himself a man after his own heart, and the Lord has appointed him as ruler over his people because you have not kept what the Lord has commanded you. I was talking yeah. to Steve. Is it interesting how God wanted a king to to come out of the nation of Israel to save them? That was Jesus Christ. Yes. He wanted that king to come through the lineage, okay, of a man whose heart was like him, who loved people, mm-hmm. who, you know, his heart was for people, not for things and and and, right. and and all these other things. And Jesus reflected that when he would only do what he saw the Father do. Yeah. And he only wanted to please the Father. This is my son whom I, I am well pleased. Yes. So Samuel didn't, I'm sorry, yeah, Samuel did not have the heart. Sorry, Saul. Saul. I'm getting confused. Yes. Saul did not have the heart that, that God, God had intended. Yeah. And he gave the kingdom, he ripped it away from him, told Samuel, the prophet, go anoint the next king. Yeah. And he recognized that that next king had a different heart, the heart the heart of a of a real of a real young man who loved the Lord, yeah. who loved him with all of his heart, probably with all of his heart, all of his soul, and all of his strength. Yeah, but he's but the the heart is Steve is what stood out. Yeah, and in verse fourteen, God said, "But now your kingdom shall not endure." So I think all of us, Andrew, have have to ask ourselves, whose kingdom is it that we're building? In our own life, is it my kingdom? Is it Andrew's kingdom? Is it a listener's kingdom? Whose kingdom are you building? That kingdom that we build in our own flesh and by our own hand, it will not endure. Uh, but he says, just repeating what Andrew read out of out of verse uh, 14 here, the Lord has sought for himself a man after his own heart. So Andrew, what he wants of you and I, an audience, what he wants of you what he wants of us collectively are men, women, and children whose hearts are set on being after God's own heart. In other words, wow, this connection, not with what we can build in our many kingdoms here on this earth, but what we can build through his heart and by his spirit, what we can build that that uh, approaches the likeness of himself and what he intends to be expressed on the face of this earth. I mean, it's it's knowing him and being known by him. Yeah, um, there's something special about the heart of a man. man. There is. It's like your passions, your drive, your emotions, your will, your delight, your um, who you are as a as as a how you see yourself. Oh yeah. Your, it comes all out of your heart. It, it's not coming out of your brain first, Steve. Right. I believe it, it rises from the inner parts of your heart. It's even hard to explain. I, it's hard to like give the heart one word. We know what it is. It's, it's, it's who we are. You it's know, the it's core like, of we, our being. yeah, when we talk about really. God's heart, you know, we're not talking about his physical heart. We're talking about who he is. You know, and his heart towards us is everlasting. It yeah. is enduring, and it's pure. And he wants our heart to align with his heart. Yeah, he wants our love. He wants us to love him with all of our heart. 
and there's great benefits in it. Yeah. And then as, as you are loving God with all of your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, with all your might, with everything that you have, you're laying the beginning of a foundation that will last a lifetime. Many people lay that foundation and let many people start to lay it mm-hmm. and then get diverted, sidetracked. We've talked about how we got sidetracked. It's not uncommon to be, to be sidetracked. You can start out loving God with all your heart. There can be a magical year or two, five years, maybe eight years, 10 years, whatever you want to call it. And then you, you get bogged down by the things of this world, the desire for pleasures and other things the world, you're not consecrating your life to the Lord. You're not being diligent in serving him or uh, setting your apart, setting your life apart from the world's way of doing things. Mm-hmm. And you become distracted. Yeah, And that happens very often, but we have to come back to what the Bible says, who should be your first love. Yeah, And this is kind of what this whole podcast is all about it it intrigues me andrew that matthew 6 21 it says for where your treasure is there will your heart be also where your treasure is there will your heart be also and i i can't think of any greater treasure to ever be found than discovering what it is to meet and know jesus there's no greater treasure but how easy it is andrew in this life to know that, but not, and even experience that, and still walk under the distractions that are twenty four seven thrown at us. The 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 glitter. The we've talked about this. The next shiny object. Well, what is it about that? That yeah, just what can so, we buy next? Yeah, what can we buy next? What can we have it's next? Nice. Steve, we, it's not even like a brand new car, weird. a brand new house. We it's get weird. fixated on. Uh, as guys like knives, oh, yeah. uh, little um, about USB, uh, little flashlights, or the next um, mechanical device you can stick in your garage, power tools. Yeah. I mean, we're talking about little things, bigger things, greater things. We're always looking, what's the next thing? Well, the next thing is, yeah. you know, loving him. Yeah, and, and I think what's what's tragic is the amount of time. We have such a limited window when you consider eternity. This life is but of the blink of an eye. And how much of it is spent in a way that's not productively developing our heart of treasure in him? Does that make sense, Andrew? Absolutely. I mean, we, we, I mean I, I'm guilty too. You know, I, I, I come home from work or doing whatever I'm doing during the day and I'm tired and I just want to wind down and I will spend time in front of something non-productive like the news or even, even, I mean, there's nothing wrong with any of these things. You know, the Bible says all things are lawful, but not all things are expedient. Um, so, you know, the, the, but it's kind of a waste of time, but there's, so, we waste so much time. And then we wonder why we're not experiencing the freedom. And I think God, it, it, I think it breaks his heart to see that we are not, um, you know, finding complete fulfillment in him. There's always the next thing. You know, I it's just Yeah, that's true. I I you know And David, but David did it. David discovered the Well sweet what he did spot. see is he built a foundation. He built a foundation from an early age. And yeah. Jesus talks about making sure that your foundation is built on the rock. Yeah. 
There's a scripture I want to reference here, if you don't mind. And while you're, well, while you're, did yeah. you find it already? Yeah. You got it? Okay, go ahead. No, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, and the, the, you know, it's, it's beneficial that David was clearly in his youth when he discovered his faith. The, the, the value there is everything is new. Everything is fresh. Each day is a new revelation of, wow, wow, this, wow, that, wow, that. And the unfortunate thing for all, all those of us that come upon salvation later is that we have been jaded by life, frankly, and the hardships of life. So it's harder for us to connect with childlike faith, frankly. That's it's true. much easier at a young age. But I don't think either Andrew and I, either one of us would want to suggest that if you lost, didn't gain faith in the youth of your biologic age, you're doomed. No, that wouldn't be the case. But we can always build this foundation no matter the age. There's just something beautiful about a youthful experience in faith that does build potentially a lifetime structured foundation to launch from. And David had that. But go ahead. We were talking about at the end of the last podcast of, you know, where are you building um, your foundation? Or do you even have a foundation? Yeah. And so I found this scripture I'm just going to read it and we can comment. It's in first Corinthians three verse 10. It says, according to the grace of God, which was given to me like a wise master builder, I laid a foundation Mm -hmm. and another is building on it, but each man must be careful how he builds on it for no man can lay a foundation other than the one which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Mm Mm-hmm. Now, if any man builds on the foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, or straw, each man's work will become evident for the day will show it because it is to be revealed with fire and the fire itself will test the quality of each man's work. If any man's work which he has built on it remains, he will receive a reward. If any man's work is burned up, he will suffer loss, but he himself will be saved yet so as through fire I find that interesting that wow. Paul's talking about laying the proper foundation. Jesus talked about it in the Gospels that says you want to make sure that you build a strong, solid foundation. Mm-hmm. And the only foundation out there, guys and women, is the foundation of Jesus Christ. Yeah. When Jesus, so so if you if Jesus came down. As the Messiah, the Savior of the world, that is the foundation, and the disciples, the 12 disciples, most of them paid with their life, laid the beginning foundations, the very early foundations of the current church. Mm -hmm. And that is the model that we are supposed to build our personal foundation in our own personal life here in 2020. And if you say, well, I have a foundation, it's the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, that's wrong. It's the new foundation to get to the Father is through the rock, who is Jesus Christ. He's mm-hmm. the one that's sitting at the right hand of God above all powers, principalities, mm-hmm. uh, and and anything that's out there. He is the way, the only way to oh, truth and to life. Yeah. And so we build Steve in our own life upon all the other foundations that have been laid since Jesus. We're adding to what the disciples do. We're adding to what maybe mm-hmm. our father did mm-hmm. or our great-grandfather or our wives mm-hmm. or soon to be. And our children, in Jesus' name, will add to our foundation, add to the body of Christ and to the 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 work of 
getting the word out that Jesus is the Messiah. And you, the Bible also says, be careful how you build it. We can talk about that later. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not, it's interesting. The salvation experience itself, we know, is is not, it's by faith, but that in of itself is a gift from God. It's it's through his mercy and by his grace. But what we're talking about here really is not a formula for salvation, but a formula for successful life-giving experiences. If we don't follow the word, if the if the word doesn't become the life model by which we fashion ourselves to live and exist and to, it says in him we live and move and have our being. It says that it's a scripture verse. And apart from him, we can do nothing. We can do nothing. And the word is the prescription. The word is the formula. Not that it's by works, but this foundational experience and understanding comes through his word. You know, it, it reminds me, I know on a, probably in this All In series that we've been talking about, I mentioned Chick-fil-A. I happen to know an, a, a franchise holder of a Chick-fil-A store, and he said to me, if you don't follow their formula, you can you can plan on not experiencing the success that they have determined you can have if you follow their plan. Many franchises have a formula. Many, many of them do. Matter of fact, they're just looking for the right owner who has a bit of humility and doesn't want to go his own way. Exactly if they will right. just follow the formula follow the to formula. the T, that restaurant and you know or what? even that franchise will be successful. I, I as a as a custom home building contractor, I've been in that business for twenty what since ninety four, twenty eight years. And I will tell you that if we follow the plan that's prescribed by the architect and the engineers, we will have success. It's when we depart from the plan that things lend themselves to chaos and things do not work well when you don't follow the plan. Anybody, Andrew can, can dig and pour a foundation. I mean, it, it's not rocket science. It's, it's excavating, setting some elevations, you know, for grade and then having a concrete truck deliver concrete to a trench. It's that simple, but it's not that simple. There's a formula for the mix, the rock, the water, the sand, the cement parts, bags, et cetera, et cetera. There's steel. There's all these different pieces that go into doing it. And if you don't follow the engineer's prescription, you're subject to a failed footing and foundation. And the foundation for any of us, as is true in building, is really the most important uh, component to the structure. And we need a foundation. David had a strong foundation because David sowed into through the written, through the spoken, and through the meditated word of God. You know, they didn't have, they couldn't go to the Zonderbahn right. local bookstore and pick up a New American Standard version of the Bible. They didn't have it, but they did have, Andrew, you're more familiar I with would, I would say that they, they had some form of written. Yeah, I think what they did is they spoke the word in the house a lot. Yes. I'm positive they had the ability to write things down. Yeah. And, and if they, and they, 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 Aramaic or, or in Hebrew. Hebrew, or, they would write, they would write scriptures down. Yeah. They probably didn't have pens, but they had a way of putting it on some sort of, Maybe they didn't have paper that, but they yeah. had it written down. I'm sure, you know, the Bible talks about writing it on the tablet of your heart, inscribing it on your heart. There would have been a lot of story. Yeah, putting, putting it around your neck, yes. yeah. making it your sister. So the word was repeated. It was followed. It was memorized. It came out of their mouth. They heard it. They spoke it. 
They talked about it constantly, yeah, and it became part every, of who they were. You know, they didn't have radio. They didn't have TV. They didn't have entertainment that we, I mean, they had coliseums, and they had that form of entertainment. But life would have consisted of a lot of story, a yes. lot of story. And those who feared and loved God out of the Old Testament, such as the lineage we're referring to, that would have been their story. Their story would have been a lot about loving the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your strength. That's out of the Old Testament, and Jesus repeated it. So we, we see this, this intensity around that concept. And David developed that. I mean, he, it was a very, very developed piece of who he was. Well, what's really kind of cool is the house of Jesse lived their lives in Bethlehem Okay, and Jesse and his wife had to teach the boys about who the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob was, how God delivered the Jews out of Egypt. I'm not sure how much of how back their knowledge was, like Adam and Eve or stuff like that, but I guarantee Passover, Rosh Hashanah, all the holidays, all the Jewish history, this is the same thing that Jesus used. He he had yeah. the same yeah. information, the same um, temple, yeah, it may not have been the exact same temple, but he had he talked in the synagogues with the rabbis and with his neighbors, with his mother, with his father, and so he. I, I guess my point is, is that the house of Jesse and David specifically caught on to this idea of serving the Lord and doing His will by loving the Lord as, with all of His heart. And Jesus the same way. Don't you realize that Jesus knew that the first and primary commandment was love the Lord your God with all your heart? He had to know it because he had to be successful in his mission down here on earth. He had to put that into practice every day. From the moment he woke up, he had to follow the Lord. He had to obey him. He had to please the Father. Mm -hmm. He had to obey his will. Even when it was difficult, even when he suffered, he had to... Um, he had to uh, be obedient with loving. I'm sure the heart of Jesus towards the Lord was something magnificent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, and too, I I don't know, I don't know enough about the rest of the brothers. Are you really familiar with the rest of the family there? Is no. There, is there much said about them beyond what we've read? And no, in this particular, no, except that probably the bro- well, they put armor, a defense armor. It's probably some sort of vest and helmet on David to go fight Goliath. I'm sure the brothers were taller and stronger. They could. Well, I'm, I mean, specific to their faith. Is no, we don't know said, anything about that. We don't know anything about that. That's interesting. So, Andrew, do you want to be a person? I don't want to be a person who others reflect on and say, I know nothing of that man's faith. Wow. I mean, honestly, that's. For you and I that love God and, well, and David was singled be, out for sure. David was singled out, but but Dave, more than singled out, David had a unique. That, that's what I really want to drive home here. The same family experience. The youngest of these seven other brothers, eight boys, but one boy took a different turn with his faith. Will you and I be that one boy? Will you and I be that one man that? that goes to church, that listens to the message, that really embraces the message and experience a life transformation. And that's why I said earlier, we, we, we can make an issue of the beauty of the fact that David was a young boy 
who was tending sheep, one reference that I saw suggested he was probably between 13 and 15 as a shepherd and maybe between 16 and 19 when he slayed Goliath and 30 when he became a king. But when he was selected, he was between 13 and 15 years of age. Why was he selected? It it wasn't because he was young. It was because he was a man after God's own heart. And so the question becomes, out of all your comrades in arms in terms of faith, will you be that one? Will I be that one? Will Andrew be that one that that would stand up and stand tall? I, I mean, agree. That's really the question. They were raised in the same family of faith. Jesse and his wife, I think, were admirable parents and did a good job. But we are all subject to a choice. We have a choice with how to respond to God's word. David took the right choice, took the rightful path, responded to what Samuel spoke into his life about. But I don't think it was particularly necessarily a surprise to it. Really, me? Me? We don't hear any of that. David knew of his own love for the Lord. It probably bore witness with David. Frankly, we don't know that. That's speculation. But I can only imagine that David received this with gladness because he knew his heart for, he knew of his own heart for the Lord. So when Samuel came to him, I can only imagine, you know, let me make this analogy. When you say things about me that I know are true about me, I, I, I will nod my head. Yeah, I, I, I receive that because I know that of my own heart. And I bet with great humility and probably with great, with great, um, holy fright, David accepted the mantle that was being placed upon him. Well, what's interesting is Samuel goes in and anoints him as the future king, but that kingship didn't happen for a while. Another fifteen years, Saul, according to what I've read. Yeah, Saul kind of went from bad to worse. Yeah. And he ended up being jealous of David and hunted him down for years and years. Yeah, there you and go. David had to flee, live in caves, try to escape from persecution and actual death. Yeah, and that's another thing, Andrew, to your to your point regarding that. I mean, David had to had to had to realize, I don't know when, but at some point this prophetic word given me, this anointing will come to fruition. What if he lost heart? Yeah, what and he, well, may he probably lost, did. He Steve. probably did at times in there, like any of us would. But he, but he endured, and we know this was something else that really stood out to me, Andrew, when we talked about the podcast before. Um, when we talked about David in the previous podcast, um, the notion that when David's eyes were on the Lord, things went well for David, as they do as they do for any of us. But when David took his eyes off of the Lord. Uh, very specifically in the instances that we're familiar with regarding David's life, Bathsheba, etc., things did not go well for David. But he always had this, because he had such a powerful, strong foundation in faith and a love for the Lord, he was able to operate in re- in an attitude of repentance and brokenness, humility, and return to the path that he knew was the only right path, and that was one engaging God yeah, and he calls, in an all-in manner. He, he, he was all He in. rips the kingdom out of Saul's hands, Saul's kingdom out of Saul's hands, or whatever you want to look at it, because he, the prophet says, you have not um, kept his commands. Yeah. So we know that David kept his commands. Think about this, Steve. If 
Saul had chased David. Did you say it was 15 years? Yeah, apparently 15. He was 15, between 13 and 15 when he was called out by okay, Samuel. Okay, and he didn't get the, become the king until he became was 30? the king when he was 30. All right, so yeah. he was chased by Saul. Maybe not all those 15 or 17 years, because they were, they were at the end, he, the end years, he, Saul just mercilessly sent out his men to try to track down and kill David. Do you think David was saying, to himself, wow, the prophet anointed me as king, but yet I'm being hunted daily, I'm year sure. after year. Sure. Something's not right. If God is faithful, these are the doubts that David might have had. Why am I being hunted? Why am I fleeing for my life at every turn? This is not God's best. This is not. So even David the king went through some very tough times. Absolutely. And before he actually became the king of yeah. Israel, God waited quite a while to actually fulfill that promise. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's, there, there, we're onto something here, I think, Andrew, in terms of the combination of a foundation and a deep, heartfelt commitment that he was going to follow the plan. And the, and the plan was to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul with all your mind, really, frankly, with everything in us. That's what we're called to do. The question is, are we willing to do that at any and all cost? In the case, I've said this before, but I'll say it again, the case of the rich young ruler, it was money. And Jesus was able to see that money was a greater God to the rich young ruler than God himself might be. So it wasn't that he didn't love God, but he loved money, might have loved money more. It's interesting, Andrew, to me that God uses, it says in Scripture, the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. And it even said in that Scripture, to make the point about appearances, David had that. He was a, apparently That's a true. good-looking kid. I mean, a blue eyes, probably had a chisel. The Bible says Rudy. Rudy, yeah, or Ruddy. I'm not sure how yeah, you say that it's word. Like, it's like he's got potential. <laughs> the Ruddy's kind of cool. I mean, that's kind of a... Uh, yeah, like long hair, ooh, 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 um, you know. kind of disheveled a little bit, <laughs> yeah. doesn't brush his hair. Like pretty cool. Doesn't like care that. about his, um, sort of his appearance. Didn't care about his appearance. Yeah, yeah. but he had he was probably a good looking kid underneath that and but give him I, a little haircut, he's looking pretty good. Yeah, I'm thinking, I'm thinking that that was in there because they had made the statement that the older brothers, you know, there was a comment in there about, I'm, this isn't going to be a by appearance. But yet... He had appearance, but it wasn't about appearance. David had appearance, and they, it speaks to it in Scripture there in that in those verses in First Samuel. But it, but the point being, it even though he had the looks, it wasn't about the looks; it was about the heart. Mm-hmm. So you can't. It goes to that comment that we've heard everybody's heard forever. I don't know who, who penned it, but you cannot judge a book by its cover. Right? God looks at the inward, the inward man, man, and man looks at it's the all appearance. about the heart, Andrew. It it's is all about the heart. Completely about the heart. Yeah. And now, if any man builds on the foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, or straw, each man's work will become evident. This is kind of scary. For the day will show it because it will be revealed with fire, and the fire itself will test the quality of each man's work. So like we talked about many times before, you have to build the foundation, and it starts with, a change of your heart. Yeah. And where your heart is, is where your treasure is. So mm-hmm. if you're looking at your foundation and saying, well, 
I don't even know if I've built any foundation or the foundation is weak or it's could be much stronger. I would say the beginning is pressing into the Lord and trying to seek him early in the morning or whenever you can and loving on him mm-hmm. and seeking him in the best way you know. And that has a lot of different forms. There's no formula for that. I change it up all the time because sometimes I feel strong. Sometimes I feel weak. Yeah. Sometimes I'm sure. lost. Sometimes I'm you know, more there than I am. But speak to the Lord and start building your foundation. And I actually think, Steve, God is more interested in knowing us and being known by loving him than it is what we accomplish. In other words, God, of course, I think God wants us to bear fruit, but he He didn't say the, the greatest commandment is accomplishing stuff for the kingdom. He didn't. He Isn't that interesting? Yeah, it is. As a matter of fact, he doesn't even say that. He, he says it's all about loving him. Loving him yeah. with everything. With everything. And if you accomplish a lot for the kingdom, very good. But it's more important, I think, that, that comes as a, as a natural result of knowing him. It does. Well, it, it says, well, we said it, but out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth will speak. You'll begin to do, you'll begin to put your hand to the things that are meaningful to you. Whatever is meaningful in your heart, you'll put your heart to. You know, we, we know, I know guys that like to fish. And every waking moment, it's they're thinking about fishing. They can't wait to get the rod. They can't wait to get to the fishing hole. Guys, we know guys like, like that about hunting or camping. How about or sports? Sports. I mean, there are guys that are just livid about sports. They can't get enough of it. You know, the season pass holders, et cetera, et cetera. And then it becomes the focus of most of their conversations. So that's yeah, what's on their heart. That's what's on their heart, and and so works will will begin to manifest. We will put our hand to the things that are most important to us and that we love the most. It's funny the guys who are really really into sports can name, um, you know, who was the batting lineup in the nineteen seventy three oh, yeah. oh, World yeah. Series, and yet then they go to the word. And they start reading the word and they get quiet with the Lord and they say, this is not working for me. I don't understand the Bible. I don't get what everyone else is getting. I don't understand when the preacher says uh, this or that. Their focus, they put all of their heart's attention on their love for baseball. And they know every batting score, every home run, all these little trivial things that the average guy doesn't know that's because they haven't sensitized their heart to knowing him, the creator of the foundation of the earth. Yeah. They haven't sensitized their heart to reading his word, to sowing into what they call the spirit. We know the Lord not by the flesh, but by the spirit. So we get to know him mm-hmm. in a different way that we know the people in this world. I mean, the people in the world you know, know by the spirit we kind of know their spirits a little bit, but we know them in the flesh, our families. But with the Lord, we know them through the Holy Spirit, through these impressions that we get, through the understanding that he gives us through yeah, yeah. through the Holy Spirit. So you have to sensitize your heart when you, when you pursue the Lord to know him, and it comes in time. I actually think it's a little bit of a testing period. It's like God's, you say to God, I want to know you. And a week later, you say, "I." You feel like I haven't made any progress, and you say, "I want to know you." And then a month mm-hmm. later, you, just, you get just a few 
maybe rounds of success or you feel like you're getting there, but, but, but the more you do it, the more you're, 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 you're saying to the Lord, I want to love you. I want to know who you are. I want to know who Jesus is. And it gets easier and easier the more you do it if you continue on it. Yeah, you know, that that reminds me I, of the scripture that says, I would rather that you be either hot or cold. Is that out of Revelation? Yeah. And I think it's Jesus' the Laodicean words. church. Yeah, I would rather you either be hot or cold. If you are lukewarm, I will spew you from my mouth. Those are powerful words. I don't know what that means exactly. I mean, I, I understand what it sounds like. It means I don't know if that means you can be saved, but if you're not hot, that you're not what you think you are. I I don't know. I mean, I, I I'm not deep enough in my theological understanding of that, but I but that phrase stands alone in general. But you know, you if you think about it, Andrew, it applies. If you have an employee, and you don't want them working for you if they're not all in. You well, just don't. Right. You know, if they're if they're irregular every other day, you don't know if they're dependable, they're going to show up, are they going to call in sick. You can tell the employees who are going to be movers and shakers and they're going to rise up in your organization because they're committed. Well, as a as a CEO, you want to employ people who have a vision for what Similar you're at least doing. to yours. Either yeah. it's a service or it's a good yeah. that you're selling. The CEO the leadership of the business wants their employees to buy in and to be all in as much as they can. And it's okay if they're not, but they're just not going to likely, they're not going to be good employees, excel there. And they may be asked to leave, but not in a mean way. They, I might say, I don't have employees, but I own my own business, but I'm, I might say to a trade, a subcontractor trade of mine, if I feel like they're not all in on the vision of what we're wanting to do, I might say, you know, maybe it'd be better for you to, to not, maybe we shouldn't, we'll get this job done together. I've actually done this, Andrew, with a few trades. We'll get this job done together, but I think there's probably a better fit for both of us somewhere else. So why don't, why don't we get this job done and you'll get paid in full, you know, for the services that you render and I'm sure you'll do a good job. But I think we're we're not the best fit. And I, But I think the same thing applies to us in our faith. We need to ask ourselves, is this the fit that we want? Is this something that we want to engage I would say this, Andrew, if you're saved and you don't want to be all in, pregnant pause. Yeah. That's scary. I mean, I why wouldn't we want to be, if we are truly a Christ follower, if we have accepted him as our Savior and we have humbly broken down and said, Lord, I need you, well, then I, I think the question's worth asking myself, Andrew, yourself, all of us, what is holding us back? Why are we not willing to give of our entirety as he did for us to be all in? We, we, we have to at least have the want to. I agree. I mean, I know there are, I know there are life distractions, but man, I'm, I'm at a loss as I think of myself. I feel it, maybe not all aspects of my life reflect being all in, but my heart is certainly engaging that long term. I want to be all in. If you're, if you're listening to this podcast and you don't have that unction to really want to be on that level all in at all cost, I think you need to ask yourself, what is that all about? Yeah, and you I know, mean, is that fair? Yeah, I, I, I think it is fair. I mean, there's a lot of a, a good solid tree. Remember, the roots go down deep. 
Yeah, they, go they go wide, but they also go down very deep. Yeah. And the what's the tree doing? It's building itself a good solid trunk so they can bear up all of yeah. the the branches that are spiring up, you know, 50, 100 feet into the air. And you, even you and I, Andrew, when we have a tree that's growing that we see some lacking of health in, branches, yeah, they, they call it uh, uh, oh, deadwooding. A tree. I've, take, I've taken those trees out. You, you either take the tree out entirely or you take at least the deadwood in, out yeah. of the tree. Well, what deadwood is in my life, your life, or a, list, a podcast listener of this podcast? What deadwood in your spiritual life needs to be pruned so that all of the life can go to the producing members of that of your spiritual growth. I agree. If there's something that you're holding on to that you can't let go of, that's really the very best test of any of this is what is it I cannot or am unwilling to let go of and give to God? Pregnant pause. It's a great <laughs> question, isn't it? Yes. What is it that I'm hanging on to that I either don't want about to this one? or I'm unwilling to give to God. What is what are you hanging on to that you're not making that shift in life and going the Lord's way in what he wants you to do with your own life, whether you're yeah. in thirties or forties or fifties. If you've had a lot of dead years, you don't think you've made much accomplishments in the Lord, make that shift. Turn. Start Start turning that way. Amen. Start seeing things Amen. in a perspective. Remember Solomon, he came up with the end in Lamentation, says, after I partake taken of everything and enjoyed the bounty of life, including women, money, and all that it entails, I found out what life boils down to is um, the fear of the Lord and doing his commands. Yeah, Absolutely. Well, you know, I think we're, we want to just really be praying for you. I, I want you to think about this as an audience. Um, and, and Andrew and I will continue to hammer this. I, you know, you might say, what evidence do you have that this is a problem in the body? Well, we all know that the church is losing its place of relevance in society globally. And guess what? You and I are the church. And so that means on some level, all of what we're talking about here applies. The notion of being all in is a significant aspect of our faith to wrestle with. It doesn't mean that you have to go like the rich young ruler. I've said this before and sell all that you have. It does mean that in your heart, you need to release everything for his glory. And if he wants to take up whatever it is that you have and apply it in a different way or give it to a different person or whatever it might be, we need to be willing to do that. Well, I think Andrew, um, Perhaps until next time, we'll uh, we'll begin to just continue in the battle, and it is a battle. Um, you can visit our website at lifebeyondthesummit.com. You can email me at uh, lifebeyondthesummit at gmail.com, and I give out my phone number. If you want to have coffee sometime, I'd love to hear from you. The number is 314-581-4272. It's Stephen Andrew. Uh, we, we really, we really do this because we care about the body. Uh, we don't see you We're this is a podcast, but I can tell you in our heart of hearts, we love you guys and we love all you listeners. And we, we, we just really want to implore you to seek him, to know him, to be known by him. We'll continue the journey guys together. 
podcast after podcast, as long as the Lord tarries with us to do so. Until next time, God bless. Take care. Um, See ya.